you have a website and you don't get traffic, you're also invisible online. This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. How is everyone doing? Hey, today we want to talk about how do you reinvent your business online. John Weiler is returning to the show. That's his latest book just came out. What's interesting to me about that topic is, yes, offline is a thing, my friends, but online, how do we do that? How do we actually create that experience for people to understand who we are and how do we do that over the long term? Not just today, but how do we build that strategy? So let's get John back on the show here and find out what prompted him to write the latest book and uh, what goes into reinventing your business online. John, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Christoph? <laughs> nice to see you again. The new book is yes, out. thanks for having me again. You bet, absolutely. And a great read. Uh, but tell people, why is this important today um, to reinvent your business online? And, and then let's dive into the three critical steps that people should take. Um. I think it's important today. Uh, I mean, reinventing your business online has been important, to be honest, for a long time, probably like, geez, I don't know, like 10, 20 years, right? But it's more important now than ever, because uh, as I mentioned in the book, um, with COVID, uh, the e-commerce has just exploded. Um, I can't remember the exact stats, but it's like, it's... I think it's moved, uh, commerce has grown, like it's something like 30% faster than it was projected because of COVID because everyone's staying at home and they don't, well, I mean, people are going out of the world now, but during COVID more and more people were staying at home and shopping online. So, oh, and, so uh, then to... go, go ahead, Chris. So you have to you have to get out there. You have to kind of get your business um, online. And you know, I do this all the time. I mean, I go, I shop online, and and even if I'm in the store, sometimes I shop online, right? Um, so it's certainly still a book that's interesting. Um, and by the way, if you uh, if you're watching today, you may have seen the little um, I put up his book right here. This is a new feature that you can check out if you're live streaming with Restream. It's a super easy way. To, to get involved in live uh, online shopping streams. So below there, you can see my code, my link, sign up. So, but let's dive into the three things that you have to do to make it work. What are the, what's the first one? Okay, so the first one is design. Uh, and it, it's all about the website, right? So um, actually before getting into that, like, so the three are design, um, copywriting and marketing. And this is like a key point of the book. Um, because if you just focus on one thing, then you're not going to, if, if you just focus on one thing, then there's a chance that uh, the other two, two things you need to focus on might not be in good shape. So if your copywriting and design 
are good on your website, but you're not marketing, nothing's going to happen. If your marketing is great and your design is great on your website, but your copywriting is really poor, again, nothing is going to happen. Um, this is such a key point of the book, and I think it's really more important than ever in the world today. And honestly, not even in just marketing. Like, I think it's important in so many aspects of just people's lives in general. You know, everyone wants to specialize these days, uh, doctors, people in um, just their normal business life. And specialization is good, like with your career and obviously for doctors uh, in careers, it, you know, you can make more money and stuff like that. But but it's also good to have kind of like a, a general focus because if you're not looking at all the different parts, you could miss something. So, so yeah, that's, that's why, uh, focusing on, I, I talk specifically about three critical areas in the book because, um, yeah, just one thing is not enough. You know, so when you talk about, um, not specializing or do specializing, so I do have mixed feelings on that quite frankly, because, uh, I think everybody in, in, in content strategy has to have a certain level of a foundation, right? And that foundation means you have to create, be able to create content. Now, what that actually means is very debatable, right? Like we're creating content right now. As long as I know how to ask good questions and as long as I know how to, um, you know, um, have a good conversation and produce a good show, that's content. I don't have to be able to write. But if I'm going to turn this content into an article, I certainly have to be able to write. If I put it in my, um, into my, um, uh, into into podcast, you know, I have to think about that. By the way, I just got distracted. Do you see the little thing that says someone just scanned the code? Is that on the live stream or is that just on the back end? Uh, I don't see it actually. See it. No. So right now, oh. since we are using the new restream functionality, three people have already scanned the uh, you, uh, the QR code. So that's kind of cool to see. Oh, thanks. And we have people watching on Amazon. So when you talk about specialization, so how so should people specialize or should they not? Or should they hire a team that has different specialties on it? See, I think I think what what you're getting at is a really good point. Like Okay, so you have your podcast. You don't have to write, and to be honest, you should you should not try and do everything, um, because you know you're uh, you only have so much time. I mean, for for example, uh, I'm I'm um, calling in from Bangkok, and my wife and I today we just were at a uh, meeting with a lawyer to uh, to get get started my wife's green card process. Um, so this is an example of just like us, like hiring. We don't, we don't want to do this ourselves. So it's good to bring in experts, but I guess, um, my point is that, uh, like you don't have to do the copywriting design and marketing all by yourself. You can have other people bring in to help you with them, but you should be thinking of them as a whole. If you don't want to do them yourself, then make sure you get other people who are experts to help you, if that makes sense. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, it totally makes sense. And, you know, it's interesting. You got to figure out who who are the experts that you need. And, and you know, in your book, you talk about SEO, for example, right? And, and all yeah. these different things. And, and what's interesting to me is sometimes people think they know, um, they know, right, how to do SEO, or they know, they think they know how to do a certain thing. So how do you determine who you should hire and who you should 
actually um, work with. And before you answer that, John, I do want to mention really quickly, if you guys are watching on Amazon, um, if you're not watching on Amazon, Christoph Trapp on Amazon, Google that and you'll find it. All the stuff you see around me, my backdrop, my lights, my microphone, you can order that in the carousel on Amazon. But how do you determine, John, who you should hire? Where are the gaps um, You know, to, to hit those three areas? I think it's, I think it's pretty difficult, actually. I've hired people in my own business. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's kind of hit or miss. Thankfully, like, so I, I come from a marketing background. I've worked at a bunch of different agencies over the years. And I developed a lot of relationships with people at the agencies that I've worked at. So I've made friends. And because of that, I know a lot of people who are very good at specific skills, like like the designer that I use um, for a lot of my book covers. Not not this one in specific, but um, for for about half my book covers, uh, he's really great. And I met him from uh, the agency I worked at. But I've also hired people outside of agencies. Um, I use Fiverr a lot, you know, <laughs> uh, don't, don't know if I'm like super proud of that, but I do use, use Fiverr and, um, it's kind of been like trial and error, uh, with finding people on there. Um, you know, but at the same time, you kind of get what you pay for. Like I've, I hired a translator on Fiverr, paid him, geez, like three or four grand to translate a bunch, a couple of my books. Uh, I could have gone cheaper, you know, um, but I wanted you know, with translation specifically, it's like I'm I'm working in the dark. I have no idea like what the translators are writing in French and Spanish, the the two languages some of my books are in. So I really want people who are like very very good, and I'm like willing to pay more money for it. Um, so yeah, I think it's difficult, but uh, you know, if if you can make relationships, like that's the first choice, and then. Outside of that, I mean, geez, it's 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 a bit trial and error, at least in my experience. You know, um, I I personally need to work more at like delegating and hiring things. So um, I'm sure there's other people who could answer this question better than me. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I, I mean, you hire for expertise, too. I think sometimes people forget that. I mean, when I hire a lawyer, for example, you know, I'm not a lawyer. So um, that's super helpful to do. And, you know, when you were just talking about immigration, uh, certainly, yeah. that's much easier to have somebody on hand who who has done it before, who knows the laws, who can kind of uh, walk you through the process. Let's talk about web design for a minute. And certainly, I have strong opinions on good web design, too. And, you know, good web design, of course, you want it to look nice and you want it to look current, not necessarily how it used to look right back in the 90s. Or, I mean, I just saw a website <laughs> the other day that's seven years old. And that's, of course, a, a long time in, in, in web development, quite frankly. But when I think about web design, you have the visual aspect. And then, may, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to bunch in there a little bit, the web development, how it's set up. Is it, uh, in, uh, can it be indexed, right? Can Is it set up correctly? Um, does it make sense? So just because you have a good looking website, doesn't mean you you know it, it works the way it should be working. Do those things go hand in hand? And and what are the the key things that businesses when they get started, especially, should consider? Well, with with what you're saying, it, what jumps to mind is like 
Apple, you know, like uh, Apple is really great in the sense of like design and making things like user friendly. Um, you know, if anyone out there, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are use like Apple products, but uh, and even even another good example would be like Amazon. They're really focused on making things like easy. Their whole uh, one click shopping, you know, um, I think both it's it's important for like visuals and also yeah the the organization of the site because you really want to put yourself in the user's sh shoes the visitor's shoes and think like okay what does my visitor want how can i make things as easy as possible for them so there's like as least friction as possible for them to take the action that i want which you know could be to subscribe to a newsletter it could be to uh buy a book it could be whatever but really, um, in terms of organization, thinking of like ease of use and ease of getting the visitor to take the action that you want. Yeah, you're going to have to make it easy for people on, on, on uh, navigating your site. Now, the website design, um, I find it really difficult, right? Because you have to find the right people who ask the right questions. What are you trying to accomplish? And then it is pretty difficult to not just judge it by the visual, right? Because you're looking at it and I'm like, oh, that looks really nice. But is it going to get the job done? Is it going to get uh, people to do what we want them to do? Totally, totally. I mean, most people, you know, I mean, geez, so many, uh, so many ads for like websites and like, you know, if you want to use one of these like website builders, they're always like build a beautiful website. But a beautiful website is only half the battle, you know. What you really want is a website that's going to drive visitors to take the action that you want. Because, you know, your website could be beautiful, but it might not be optimized or set up to get the visitor to take the action that you want. And then what do you have? You just have a beautiful website that doesn't doesn't actually re reach your goals. And what does it mean to be beautiful anyways? I mean, I'll give you an example. I just got the Spotify rap version for the Washington Post, right? And it said something about how I read 2,700 articles last year. I think that was the number um, by 170 wow. different authors. And um, I, I didn't, I'm sure I didn't read them all. I skimmed some, but I opened 2,700 articles. And when I, when I think about the Washington Post website, and I know that's not a, company, right? I mean, it is a company, but it's not, they're not selling anything typically other than the subscription. It's not the most beautiful website. And I read 2,700 articles, you know, like I, it's totally getting the job done. And when I'm looking at like even their app, you know, it's pretty like it, it's, you can read the articles, right? It's not beautiful. It's not ugly. Yeah. It's yeah. just there. And so you really have to keep that in mind, whether or not it needs to look a certain way that you think it should look in your in, in your head or um, what will get the job done. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful is the wrong metric to be to be measuring. It's because <laughs> it doesn't your, your website doesn't have to be beautiful to be effective. But I think when people think of terms of beauty, a lot of things that are beautiful could could help the user, the, the visitor experience and make it, make it more likely for them to buy, but it doesn't have to be beautiful. You know, it just really has to get the job done, which is whatever action it is that you want the visitor to take. Very interesting. So let's talk about copywriting for a couple of minutes and copywriting is certainly an interesting topic to me. 
I would not consider myself a copywriter. I consider myself a content marketer. Uh, and of course, some people think every writer should be able to write everything, right? And and recently I wrote about uh, whether or not you should write your podcast as a script, right? So do we create a script? And then you and I just read the script basically, which that's a whole different form of writing, right? I don't really do that writing totally. ever at all. Um, and certainly, you know, so how do you give us the definition of copywriting? What kind of people can help with that? And, and how are they typically trained? And how do you make sure you have them? I mean, the definition of copywriting, I think, is really simple. It's uh, words that are in text um, that sell. That's it. You know, words that, you know, words that are in text on a computer or on a piece of paper that sell. Very simple. That That's all copywriting is. Um, I'm sorry, Chris, what were your other questions after that? <laughs> well, and how do you make sure you hire a copywriter? So, for example, I would argue that I'm pretty good at the content marketing aspect. So here's how I describe that. So some of the things you just mentioned, certainly sometimes I, I dabble in that. But really what I what I focus on and have focused on in my career is how do I draw attention by the right audience, right? And then certainly okay. that's more on the SEO side. Um, and, you know, like how do we get people who are searching for, I don't know, you know, podcast gear or something. I mean, I write about content strategy a lot on, on ChristophTrap.com. Uh, but how do you make sure that you have the right people who can actually do the type of writing that you want to do? I mean, with copywriting, like, again, I think it, it can be tough to to find a good copywriter, but really what what you what you kind of need to do is you whoever you're going to hire, definitely look at their like samples of their work. Uh, I would honestly ask for results if they have it. They, they might not, but you can ask them like, hey, do you have any kind of like uh, metrics, you know, of like how you've um, you've. Uh, succeed with your copywriting like like for myself with copywriting i do all my book descriptions for amazon and i say well i've sold a hundred thousand dollars worth of books with my copywriting you know like that's that's a metric that i can give give people to say like hey i can actually can actually write copy you know um so you know if you can ask for results um that's good and you know just uh see samples of their work uh, if you have a little bit of understanding of copywriting, one, one, actually one other good thing you can do is, um, just read their copy and see if it actually makes you want to buy. Like, uh, for me, if ever I am like scrolling through like Facebook or something and I stop and I see something that, uh, an ad that makes me want to buy something, I stop and be like, huh, why do I want to buy that? And then I look at the copy and just kind of like, pick it apart and see what is it that's triggered in my brain that made me stop and be like, Hey, I might buy this. You know, I think that's a good tip, but I think the one thing I would be uh, cautious of is just make sure that, that you are actually a member of the target audience. I know you talk about that, the personas oh, that's, that's, in your yeah, book, that's a good point. you know, or you put yourself in your shoes of your persona. So that is important because sometimes you know, I'm not necessarily the target audience for the 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 um, for the product I'm creating content around, so I have to put myself in that in those shoes. So just be careful 
as you're thinking about that. The final piece uh, was marketing. So what do you mean by marketing? I mean, drawing eyeballs, content marketing, ad, paid campaigns, other things. Uh, what are the first steps we should do here? Yeah, marketing just, uh, I mean, when it comes to being online and having a website or just an online business, marketing is just kind of getting the traffic to your product. Um, that's how I think of it. So the marketing gets a traffic and then the copywriting and the design help convert that traffic. Um, so when you're just starting out with marketing, um, I mentioned in this in the book, it's like there's so many different ways you can market a product. I mean, you can write a book, you can have a podcast, you can blog, uh, you can do SEO, um, you can just uh, do the, these are all kind of like inbound things, but you can also do outbound and and send out like cold emails. Or if you want to be old school, pick up the phone and call someone. Um, so one thing that I actually learned when I was just getting started online back in 2012 or something like that, one of my mentors, uh, shout out to Carol Tice at Freelance Writers Den, um, she was always telling us as, as writers that we should pick three ways to market ourselves. Like don't focus on everything, just pick three and see if you like it. Um, I think in the book, I actually say two, pick two to start, but I mean, two, three, whatever, you know, um, there's going to be some trial and error because you're going to try things and you might not like all of them. Um, when I first started writing, my three marketing ways were to go to networking events, in-person networking events, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, cold emails. Um, I still do two of those. I don't do networking events anymore, though I love them. But uh, but um, yeah, so just pick. And, and, and then again, if you, if you try one of them and it just is like, eh, this isn't really working with me, try something else. What I find interesting when we talk about marketing, especially after we just created a new website or updated our website, the website project, uh, I've seen it happen so many times. It does feel like the end, right? The website has launched. The website has an update. We're done. But in reality, that's only the start because if you can't get people to come to your website and then if you can't convert them, right, it's actually not as easy as just putting up a website. Um, and then, you know, set it and forget it strategy. Uh, what tips do you have for people to move forward? I mean, you know, the more I just said that, is it just about taking a quick break? Or maybe, I mean, I don't know, like how I, I get it why people say, oh, the website is live, the project is done, there's an end point. But it's, it's, it's not an actual end point, but it feels like one. Totally. And I think this is a big problem in the marketing world in general. Um, I mean, I, maybe it's not a problem like it was before, but, uh, you know, I talk about this in the book that there's this old saying that if you don't have a website, you're invisible online, which is, which is true. But, but if, if you have a website and you don't get traffic, you're also invisible online. So this happens in the book industry too. Um, and you know, I've done, I've, published and helped people publish more books than I have with websites. Um, and to me, you think of the book the same, same kind of way. Like a lot of people think when I do finish the book, it's the uh, I'm at the end of the finish line, but no, 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 you're not. It's just like a website. 
you're, you're, you still, you, you, if you want people to buy your book, you got to keep going. Um, so to answer your question, Christoph, um, how to get around, uh, to, to, you know, keep going for me, whenever I'm uh, doing a book or helping a, a client with a book, we think of the marketing plan immediately. Like as immediately as I come on board, we're starting the marketing plan with my own books. I'm thinking about the marketing from the start of even writing the book. I'm thinking, okay, will this book sell? Uh, how can I make it sell? Um, who's the target audience? These kind of things. So, so I think with a website as well, because you should have this kind of mindset. It's, I think it's overwhelming a bit for, for beginners as well. Um, if you have a website, it's, it's not as critical. Like with a book, you really need to be marketing a lot when you start with a website. I don't think it's as critical. So, I mean, like if you publish your website and want to take a break, like, I think it's, it's probably like fine, but know that like, if you want people to visit your website, you're going to have to come back and you know, do some work or hire someone. Honestly, like I would, I would try and hire someone, you know, to help you. Um, because, uh, unless you're like really like new and you're like young, you have a lot of energy and you're, you know, uh, you, you just want to play around, but, but, um, yeah, I think it's probably good to, to hire people to help you. For sure. Really quickly here in uh, 20 seconds, um, who are your perfect clients? How do they reach out to you and what do you help them with? My, my perfect clients? Yeah. Uh, my perfect clients, you know, it's crazy. My book is, uh, my book actually, my books, the people who are reading my books actually typically aren't my perfect clients. Um, but I like writing the books. But uh, my perfect clients um, are actually very big businesses. Uh, I've been shifting more away from books and focusing more on my freelance writing um, over the past couple of years. Um, and I basically target, uh, big companies that are between making between like 5 million to hundred million annually. Um, specifically, I actually write a lot about like cybersecurity, <laughs> um, and, uh, health. So I'm looking at companies like that. And then, um, Christoph, sorry, did you ask, uh, how do I go about finding them? Um, I'm not sure, but we are out of time. So I do appreciate you coming on, John, and okay. sharing your insights. Everybody who scanned the book, really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on thank Amazon you. Yeah, thank you. and all the other different channels. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. Chris. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.